Hey guys, it is Luke here from The Issue. Thank you for listening to The Issue Podcast. Make sure you guys catch us two days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys stream your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a voicemail on our Anchor website. You can find that in our Twitter bio, which is at The Issue Podcast, or find us on Instagram at The Underscore Issue Podcast. Guys, make sure to tell your friends if you like the show, and thank you for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Friday, May 21st. Uh, Another episode. This one's going to be pretty good. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got... Coming up first, a big NFL rant from Tim. It's been it's been a while since I've really like dove deep into into something, you know, getting some stats out there. Give give a little rant, you know. I see I see a media story or something like that, or, or a bunch of them usually. Right. See a story accumulating that I very much disagree with, and it's been happening since last year. But I want to talk about it. Um, talk about it coming up here. It's been a while since I've done it. It's going to feel good. Right. So we're going to start with the Eagles, and then we're going to get into kind of a, a, a recap of the Penguins playoff game, a little something for our Pittsburgh audience here, right? Yeah. Uh, Penguins playoffs. We're going to cover games two, game three, kind of preview that game four. Uh, we'll have Tyler Bursick on, our NHL analyst, uh, coming up here later in the show. Do a little game later on as well. Yeah. The um, NFL. It should be, should be a very good show. But first, uh, go to our Instagram Follow us at the underscore issue podcast. And then when you're done there, head on to our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. No underscores there. Um, Either of those, you can find a link tree. I don't know if you guys are familiar with link tree, but you you click it. It takes you to a bunch of our different links. They're all available there. Link tree will be in the uh, description of the episode, too. From there, hit Spotify if you listen on Spotify or hit Apple Podcasts. Or Anchor. Yeah, or Anchor if you want to do that. But then once you get there, it's going to be a subscribe button, follow button, Download it. That way you can listen on the go. Don't need Wi-Fi. Don't need cellular. Get a notification every yeah. time a new episode pops up. You know, but uh, yeah, send us a send us an email. We have our email line up. It is the issue mailbox at gmail dot com. Uh, send us your thoughts, show ideas, uh, anything you would like. But let's get into the NFL first. The Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. So let's hear about that. Okay, so I, I have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Which, I mean, I, I usually didn't think of TikTok as somewhere where I can get some sports takes, but, you know, the algorithm does its thing, and next thing I know, I got a lot of sports takes popping up, which is good. You know, that's what I want to see. Right. I want to see some good um, Help refine sports your takes, craft, right? some highlights, you know, all that yeah. good stuff, right? Uh, and I follow a couple accounts that do some film in-depth, right? And uh, seeing a couple things. I, I feel like TikTok's very honest. So on, on Instagram, I go over, I see Bleacher Report is, oh, it's Hurts time. QB1, you know, he's earning the spot. They've got weapons. You know, I go over to Twitter. Everyone's going to be like, Jalen Hurts has this. He's he's a great quarterback. He's got it. <sighs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's, let's pump the brakes. Okay. Four starts. He's got a 77.6 QBR. He's completed 52% of his throws. According to Pro Football Reference... He throws off target, right? So they, they, they take all of his throws and they say, how many times did you put the ball where it needed to be? Well, he put the ball where it did not need to be. He threw it inaccurately 27% of the time. 
Now, that, that might not sound bad, because you're like, okay, well, then he's still, you know, throwing it good, what, 70, 73% of the time? Yeah, but it's the NFL. Even when you throw it accurately 73% of the time, that doesn't lead to 73% completion percentage. Right. Clearly, because he only completes 52%. You have to be on target more than 73% of the time. The NFL, the, those guys are skilled. If you include drops, skilled DBs, uh, tips at the line of scrimmage, you could do everything right and still end up with an incompletion. So 73%, that's not high enough. That's not NFL good. Right. To put into perspective, to, to, to frame this as not NFL good, Carson Wentz, terrible year. I agree with the terrible year, right? They were ready to light him on fire in the streets. Mm-hmm. Philly was ready to run him out of town, ship him on a boat, send him to France, right? They were done with him, hated him. Carson Wentz had a bad NFL season, yes. He completed 57% of his throws. Five ticks higher than Hurts. He was only off target 21% of the time, as opposed to 27% of the time. They ran him out of town. You signed up for a worse version of him. Yeah, Hertz can move. That's great. A lot of guys can move. But I'd argue that his mobility isn't special. It's good. It's good, but it's not Kyler where you can't touch him. He's so quick. It's not Lamar type of capability. It's not, it, it's not Lamar where you're one of the fastest players in the league, period. It's not that Lamar's fast. I get that he's fast for a quarterback. No, no, no. He's not fast for a quarterback. He's fast for humans. <laughs> For, the guy is fast for anyone in the league. He would dust receivers. Yeah, Hertz is fast for a quarterback. Uh-huh. He's not fat. He's not one of the top five fastest players on the field at a given time. Lamar, fastest player on the field at any time, unless Tyree kills there. Other pretty than, much, yeah. yeah. So I would argue that Hertz, yeah, he can move a little bit. And he provides a little bit with the legs that bumps, you know, the numbers a little bit. Because it's not about what you can do just through the air. Running obviously is a factor, but I don't think he runs well enough for it to put him over the top of being a good quarterback. I'm not trying to bang on, but I, I would say he's a below-average quarterback. If we're, if, if we're ranking quarterbacks, right, and we're going, you know, Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers, you know, that top tier, we're putting them at A, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's really an A+. plus. You, you never have a perfect quarterback in, and a perfect in, offense. In the game-changers category from our quarterback yeah. tiers. Yeah, obviously we're going to bring that back next year. But, yeah, so you're, you're talking the top-tier quarterbacks. Those are A quarterbacks. There's never an A+. plus. I hate when people say, well, they're the best quarterback at everything. No, mm-hmm. you're not. There's never an – Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. He's won one Super Bowl out of three years. You're never the best. If you are an A-plus quarterback, you're winning Super Bowls Tom Brady, every year. Tom Brady has had how many rings now? Like seven? He's still an A and, quarterback. And, and he's, he still can't run. He still, still has no – he's no. not mobile whatsoever. He doesn't do that well. I would. It's hard to give Hurts anything above a C minus, and that mm. I would say he's in the he's in a category with like Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, Tr- Mitch Trubisky's a backup quarterback right now. Look at the stats. Mitch Trubisky was so much better than Hurts, and I would argue that Mitch his legs aren't that much worse than Jalen Hurts. He sure won more than Jalen, obviously. Jalen only had four starts. He's one and three. Yeah. I tell you right now that Mitch Trubisky doesn't have a 25% winning percentage. His is up in the 60s, even 70. He went to the playoffs a couple years. He's a backup quarterback now. Yeah. And so you're thinking, okay, the Eagles can't mess up that much worse, right? You're not going to ship off an MVP candidate in Carson Wentz for a worse version of him, right? So if you do, it can't get that much worse, right? Well, that's where you'd be wrong. They go and hire Nick Sirianni. 
best of luck to him, right? He's a young guy. I think he's like late 30s, early 40s. Young guy. Have you ever heard of him, though, before no. this? No. Nope. I, I could not tell you where he came from. I didn't even do research because I, I have no idea where he came from. Never heard of him in my life. That town's going to eat him alive. Chip Chip Kelly had a couple 10-win seasons. You know, a couple real good 9-7, 10-6 seasons. They shipped him out of town. Never had a losing record. Winning record, a te- couple 10-win seasons. Couldn't make it. They were ready to get him out of town. But the madness has to end here, right? You know, the, the Philly... You have to. The Philly, the messing up has to end here, right? You fire Doug Peterson. You get Jalen Hurts. Or you, you ship Carson Wentz out of town. You decide Jalen Hurts is the guy. Then you, you know, then you bench him for, what, Nate Sudfeld. Yeah. It can't get much worse, right? You no, know, that's what I'm thinking. Hire but, Nick Sirianni. But, but uh, you know, the, the trend that you've been going on here over the last five minutes, I feel like it gets worse. No, 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 it gets worse, right? Okay. So a team that is old... They're they're an old team. They need depth. They're beat up. You know how you beat you, you build depth. You, you get the third round, fourth round, fifth round picks. You got to hit on a couple of them for some depth, right? Which isn't crazy. You need good drafting. Yeah, you need you need to have a decent draft. You don't even need to hit per se. They just need to be able to play a little bit for depth and fill it. Yeah. Instead, they traded draft capital, which is where you get the depth for a high risk guy in Devontae Smith. Look. I like him. I think he'll be at least okay. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I'm not labeling him a bust. But people act like all 32 players are going to be pro bowlers. <laughs> That's not the case at all. About 12 of them are going to be pro bowlers. And that is a really good draft. If 12 Maybe of these guys 12. if 12 of these guys end up pro bowlers, that's a really good draft. Think about when you see on social media, wow, this draft class is loaded. They give you like seven guys, mm-hmm. you know, like that uh, the one with Big Ben, Eli, Philip Rivers, like, or even the one with uh, what is it, like the Derrick Henry draft class. Yeah, yeah, I think was Kamara in that one as well. Yeah, I think and so. Mac. Yeah, yeah, and, that yeah. was a really good draft class, right? But they give you like eight, eight to ten guys tops, maybe. So if we get twelve Pro Bowlers out of this out of this draft, and this was a pretty loaded draft, that would be historically good, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to sit here and crown Devontae Smith. He's going to work. He's going to work. I have reservations. So he worked at Alabama alongside Jalen Waddle, who was the first receiver off the board. Alongside protection that let him run routes for seven seconds. Najee Harris. So play-action fakes are disgusting. You're open, no problem. And now you're going to go... And have Jalen Hurts throw to you. He's an inaccurate quarterback. Okay, again, let's be real. Not every or not every wide receiver is going to work. Just like not every quarterback's going to work. And I think Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle have a greater chance to hit. Now you're getting down into percentages. Smith probably doesn't hit. I think he'll get you know 700 yards, a couple touchdowns. It's not bad. We also thought Jalen Rieger was a high ceiling guy, mm-hmm. high risk guy. Well, he looked terrible last year. Can't get worse, right? No, 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 it can. You're going to go overpay for Ryan Kerrigan, a really old defensive lineman who didn't get enough pressures on the quarterback last year. I don't know the specific number, but he looked old. People give him credit, though, because he was on that Washington front. Chase Young did all the heavy lifting. The other six first-round picks in their front seven did all the heavy lifting. Kerrigan didn't look good. This team is just becoming worse by the day. You go on Instagram, you go on Twitter, and they're like, oh, Jalen Hurts has it in the bag this year, QB1. 
But what saves me a little bit, you go on TikTok, you see some 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 film breakdown. They're saying, look, Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback. I could not agree more. This morning, that team is the worst in that division. I think so, too. And the thing that I've been thinking about here while you're talking is, look, he started four games. He's won three. No, no, no. He's lost three. Yeah, I said he's one and three. Oh, one and three. I thought you said he won three. No. I was like, no, he, no he hasn't. He's one and three. He, he's extremely, extremely unproven. And they're getting so excited in Philadelphia about him. Against, let's see, he doesn't have the easiest division. Look, I know this division last year was kind of a tire fire. But Washington started to piece it together towards the end. And the Giants started to piece it together towards the end. And Saquon's going to be back. And, and they got Kenny Galladay, and Kyle Rudolph. Good draft. The Giants had a great draft. The Washington football team had a great draft. That Washington defense is scary, especially to such a young quarterback who is so inexperienced. Yeah. And now you're adding even more inexperience with a guy like Devonta Smith. So I just, um, I'm not a fan. You know who was available at that slot? Yeah. Justin Fields. They picked ten. Justin Fields didn't go till eleven. Call me crazy. Actually, no, don't call me crazy. Call me 100% right. I think in 10 years you're going to look back and say, wow, I'd probably rather have Justin Fields than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you think? Look, we're looking at Tua, and we have questions. Everyone in the world has questions. Even the Tua believers are like, he's kind of got to show something this year, though. Even the guys who have stuck with Tua throughout it, they're like, you got to give him another full season, which I still believe, right? I think you got to give Tua another season. Jalen Hurts didn't beat out Tua. We have reservations about Tua, and Jalen Hurts looked significantly worse than two at Alabama. You you put two in and you're like, okay, yeah, right. I mean, nobody questioned that. Nobody questioned that two was a more talented quarterback, and now we have reservations about Tua. So what does that say about Jalen Hurts? And you're going to sit there and tell me that that Justin Wilson, or no, what's, what's Justin Wilson? Justin Fields. Jeez. Justin Fields is on the board at 10. He's been the number one. He was, he was recruited... He was a higher recruit than Trevor Lawrence out of high school. By the way, I want to let everyone know. He's been a prodigy his whole life. He's been in the spotlight his whole life. He's not messed up. He's played well. Those big throws in that big game against Clemson, I'm sorry, but Jalen Hurts is not making those throws. He had to be subbed out against a Georgia defense for for Tua. How, how are you going to sit here and say... That you'd rather have Jalen Hurts. I just, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. And this morning, you're looking around that division. Dak comes back, and you draft Micah Parsons. Their defense is going to be a little bit better. You get Dan Quinn, who is a, is a great defensive coordinator. Your defense, so whether we believe it or not, I think Dallas still has very not great talent on the defensive side. Their defense is going to be better. Than it was last year, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be better than it was last year. And you get Dak back. Who, you know, we have reservations about Dak. He's better than Andy Dalton. They're going to win more games with Dak than Andy Dalton. Dak's right. still a top 12 quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He's just getting paid like the second best quarterback, which he's not. Um, and that's more on Jerry and so then, Yeah. And then you look, at, you look at the Giants. They're going to be better. Daniel Jones with more weapons and another year under that system. Jason Garrett came in and made really good progress with him. Give him a full offseason with him. It's going to be even better. 
you get Saquon back. Defense is still going to be good under Joe Judge. Still think they could use some more talent on the defensive side. You know, you win some, you lose some. I think they'll still be good. I think that's a that's a problem for next year's draft. Yeah, I I, I think that's still maybe two. To I three think that, years I think out. that's I think that's a that's a really good eight and nine team. The Giants. You think they're like two to three years away from getting all the pieces they need? I think they're another year away. Really? I think Daniel Jones shows out this year and says, I'm the guy. Maybe not shows out, but I think he has a good enough year to where they know, okay, we're going to roll with that. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you draft defense because you already have the weapons. They have plenty of weapons. You don't need to draft that at all. All defense and free agency in the draft. And then not this coming year, the year after, they'll be okay. But I still think they're going to be one of the best eight and nine, nine and eight teams. Yeah. Right? Depends how they do in those close games. They're going to be very competitive. And then Washington, which I could argue is. They're at least the the best coach team with Ron Rivera, I would say. They could be one of the best like, sleeper teams, yeah. honestly. No, I, I like Joe Judge, but Ron Rivera's done it before. He's been to a Super Bowl. I think mm-hmm. I think Rivera's the best coach in that division. Uh, McCarthy, you know, has won a Super Bowl, but I have my doubts about him and, and his methods. Uh, I, I think Philly's easily the worst team in that division. They're the worst coached. They're the worst at quarterback. I'd take Ryan Fitzpatrick if Jalen Hurts any day. Yeah. More I'd take Daniel Jones. I would take Dak, obviously. I think they're the worst defense in that division. Who do they have? Their defense is really aging. They don't really have many people in the back. I think they might be slightly better than Dallas. Maybe. They're tied for the worst defense in that division. And then you go offensive line. Probably have the worst offensive line. At least the oldest offensive line. They used to have the best, and then they just all got old. You go to weapons. I'd... Um... I think they have the worst weapons in the league, at least the most unproven. You go to Washington, you got Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas was a really, really good tight end last year. I like their backfield with McKissick and Gibson. And then uh, Peyton Barber. I actually kind of like Washington's weapons. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, oh, and you add, they added Curtis Samuel this offseason. Wh- where is this team good? Please point out to me where that team, where they go into a game and say, that's the matchup we're going to exploit. Wh- where's that? Where's that unit? Maybe defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, maybe, but they're aging. Where, where's that unit? You tell me. I don't know. I, I can't don't find it. it. I don't see it. Maybe Miles Sanders could could be a better running back, probably than a couple other people. Mm-hmm. I think right now he's a better running back than Zeke. I think Zeke's you know aging a little bit. Miles Sanders is still on the upslope, still getting close to the peak yeah. of his career. I just don't see it with the Eagles, and uh, that's kind of becoming a little bit of a tire fire. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I mean, we talked about them a lot last year when it came to the whole quarterback thing with with Wentz, with, with Wentz and Hurts, and Wentz Hurts going to get his first start, and, and we made our predictions for that. And we we were hard on Carson Wentz, and we've went back and we've we've kind of talked. about I was about a believer it. in him. You, well, actually, on our Instagram, if you go to at the underscore she podcast on Instagram, you can see that <laughs> Tim actually top, had top quarterback. You had him as your top three. I think you had him as your number three quarterback. I'm going to our Instagram right now and I'm checking this. <sighs> I did. Okay, so I had, I want to say it was Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, maybe Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Tim's top five quarterbacks on August 2nd, 2020. This is going to hurt. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Russell Wilson. Number three, Carson Wentz. Number four, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he wins 80-some percent of his games. Number five, Deshaun Watson. 
I don't think Lamar's a top five quarterback anymore. I thought he'd make more progress throwing the football by now. I would say he's top seven. I have one. Because at the end of the day, he still wins 80-some percent of his games. Let's revise that real quick. So let's just, let's just spitball. Who do you think the top five quarterbacks are? You want me to go first? You... I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'd say today. So who did you have, though? It, who did I have? I had Patrick Mahomes at one, Russell Wilson at two, Lamar Jackson at three, Drew Brees at four, which I regret, and Tom Brady at five, which I do not it's regret. It's not that bad, yeah. I think he's about the fifth-best quarterback mm-hmm. right now. Um, So if I were to give you the top five, I honestly like mine except Drew Brees. So are we doing from this past season or going into this coming season? I would say. Or are we going for the next five years? Are we going. Well, like, how, how are we doing this list or this little ranking here? Um, let's do. Let's just go right now. Let's right do now, top today. Top five quarterbacks right now. Today, if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl this coming year, Patrick Mahomes has to be number one. Okay, I agree with you. Let's start there. I agree. Okay, so then for number two, I would probably have to put Lamar, just because he's no, so different. No, no, I'm going Aaron Rodgers. Dude's an MVP of the league. I don't care where he plays. I don't care if he's on the Broncos. Dude's an MVP of the league. That's the best arm I've seen outside of. Probably Mahomes. Okay, so you're going to go Mahomes. Hold on. I bet you I can guess what you're going to go here. You're going to go Mahomes, Rodgers at two. You're going to go Russell Wilson at three. You're right. You're right. You're going to go Lamar at four. No. Oh. Lamar's not in my top five. I said he's a top seven quarterback. Okay. Because I thought he'd be better at throwing by now. Um, to win a Super Bowl this year, I'm going to have a dark horse at number five. I'm number four, Josh Allen. Okay, I do like that. They're building around him, and he looked like a stud last year. I think he's in, he's should open in odds-wise, top three in MVP. Are you going to um, stick to your guns and go Carson Wentz five? No. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a dark horse because this is who I think gives you a, the best shot talent-wise. I'm also taking into account um, how much money they're making. Okay, actually, I'm going to go Brady at five. Actually, not dark horse. Not, I'm going I'm, I'm to go dark horse honorable mention at six. Okay. Justin Herbert. Now, call me crazy. Mahomes won the Super Bowl in his second year of starting. His third year overall, second year of starting. Yeah. Herbert's on a rookie deal. They're building around him. They just upgraded the offensive line. He was he set a rookie passing record with the the thirty second graded offensive line in the league. Yeah. Literally the worst. Couldn't right get worse. His life. They upgraded it tremendously with Rashawn Slater and a couple other pickups in free agency. Corey Lindsley um, from the Packers, I believe. He's going to be way better. The defense gets Derwin James back. Joey Bosa gets healthy. They're going to be insane. That's a dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Now, the problem is they're going to have to be a wild card team because I still don't think they have enough regular season juice to to have a better record than the Chiefs. But I think if they get hot down the stretch with Justin Herbert, that's a dark horse team to win the Super Bowl. He's my number sixth best quarterback right now in the league to win a Super Bowl this coming year because I'm factoring in his contract is nothing. So Justin Herbert, you'd put as your six. And then I'd go Lamar at seven. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Because I think Lamar, at the end of the day, he wins 80-some percent of his games. Yeah. The only thing... I just worry no, I, about I him do, I just worry about him getting behind. That's all. I do really like uh, the Josh Allen at, at number four. And for a second, when you first said it, I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, maybe put Brady at four and then and then Josh Allen at five. But, but, but we're fact- going into this year. We're yeah. factoring in... We haven't seen how much Brady's going to decline, if he's going to decline. He had surgery this year, uh, right. this, this offseason on his knee. Right. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of question marks when it comes to Tom Brady. I mean, when, anytime you have like a 44-year-old quarterback, you're going to have question, yeah, questions and, about him. And he's getting surgery, right? I don't 
remember a time where, where Tom ever had to get surgery before this, so it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. But Except I, for that ACL, and what yeah. was that, 2006, 7, long 8, time something ago. like that? Anyway. Um, and he was a lot younger of a guy coming out of that surgery. Yep. But I do really like Josh Allen at four. He's probably one of my favorite young quarterbacks. We're actually going to get to that. We have a young quarterback game we're going to play here okay. at the end of the show. At yeah the end of the next segment so stick around for that but we're gonna get into a little nhl talk now yeah pens you know? big game two win big game three win those those were some good games now we were able to finish we were able to watch both of them together yeah so we watched uh what game two uh at work right look yeah, yeah. i'm gonna need to get a prescription for some sort of like calming agent dude, dude i don't know what what to medically do. speaking because what we can do but heart rate through the roof if, if anybody has like a little extra baby aspirin they wouldn't mind <laughs> sending to the studio look i'm watching these penguin games and like the last seven to eight minutes of a of a playoff game especially when you're only ahead by one goal you're sitting on the edge of your seat playoff hockey is the most exciting sport to watch playoff you, hockey. you said it best was that yesterday or the day before go and so you said that it's better than what sport Oh, oh, playoff hockey is better than regular season football. Yeah, which is crazy because I love watching football. I love football. I could watch like any week, team. If it's week four and it's the Steelers in a primetime game, or obviously they don't overlap, but for some reason if they did, if it's Steelers primetime game week four or the Penguins in the playoffs, all day I'm going Penguins in the playoffs. It's not even close. It's an intensity like no other. I, I love playoff hockey, and especially... I th- it makes me so happy that we're going to have fans back to full capacity in their next home game. When game they come five. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's going to be awesome. But, I mean, overall, game two, okay, so the things that we said that they needed to improve on going into game two was the physicality, right? We had Tyler Bursick on on our last episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. He's going to be on again today. Yeah, in a couple um, minutes, actually. Yeah. So, look, you have to get more physical in playoffs. That's a given. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's your the identity of your team. I know the identity of the Penguins is not a physical team. We're a very fast-paced team, beat you with speed all day. But in the playoffs, you have to get physical. You have to be able to push the other team around to some extent and wear them down because you got an hour of hockey at least, and these things go to overtime all the time in the playoffs, right? So you have to be physically and mentally prepared to be physical and on that other team from second one for an hour or more. Yeah, what I liked, going off the physicality there, I liked that they didn't press for the physicality. I thought what they did well in both of those games was, yeah, they were physical, but they weren't just taking runs at people and just sending them. No, they were physical at the point of attack. You get a puck in the corner. If you if, if the Islanders, the Pens are coming in saying, hey, if we're going to lose this puck battle, we're going we're gonna to make you feel it. You know, mm-hmm. We're going to come in. We're going to make you, by the third period, you're going to think about going into the corner hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I like that. You don't necessarily have to go out and lay people out to be physical. I thought in front of the net, they were getting a lot of pucks to the net. They were being physical, tan of getting to the net, stirring things up a little bit. That's the type of physicality. I didn't want them to go out of their way and totally go away from their identity of being an offensive-minded team. Right, I like they're that. They're the KC Chiefs. They're the Kansas City Chiefs of the NHL. I don't care what you say. Sid... Gino and Jeff Carter as your centers, or not? Yeah, no. Car- yeah, Carter's our third center. Mm-hmm. He's your third line center. He's a he's a one line center on a lot of teams. He scored like two goals last night. Exactly, and so 
I didn't want them to get too far away from saying, hey, look, this is the strength of our team. But they were physical at the point of attack. I liked it. I did like it. Um, we also said Jari had to play better. In game two, he did. Game two, he stood up. He played great. But then we saw him kind of fall and cave a little bit in game three. Gave up four goals. Another goal over that glove hand, which I did not like. It was a very yeah. catchable, savable puck. And it just went right up over that glove hand. And, uh, uh, you know, listen to the commentators, the announcers, saying uh, that's... Now the fifth time, the fifth time in uh, within three games all, that he's been beat high glove. Yeah, well, all the goals this year, or not this year, this series have been high glove as of, I, I think, like 70% of the, the goals. How many goals has he let up? So, what, two in game one? Two no, in game No, three in game one. Oh, my God, we're losing it. It might have been four, actually. <laughs> really? No, 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 it wasn't four in game one. You sure? When was that? That was Sunday. That was Sunday. It was four in game yep. one. Yeah. Okay, so he gives up four in game one. One in game two. So, so that's five. five. <laughs> Good math here in the studio. And then four. So nine. Nine. Nine total. I think five like of the nine. I think no, I think even more. I think it's closer to six or seven. One glove. Yeah. Look, if you're an NHL goalie, you should be able to you should be able to catch a puck. If you check out the, the, the Twitter uh the issue Twitter, we tweeted and said that that's a problem. Absolutely. I then went on to say that no, I think he's still playing well. It was when he it was when he pitched that you know um, that really good game, letting up only one goal in game two. There, I said, yeah, he's he's still playing really well though. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I think going forward, you get a team like Boston or a team like uh, like Washington with a glaring weakness like that, that worries me. Yeah, it does. I think right now he's still playing well enough to get to get you a series win, most likely, but. Washington's going to exploit that. That makes me nervous. It does make me nervous. The one thing that I will say about Jari, though, yes, he has given up a lot to that high glove side, and that worries me. But at the same time, he has also kept us in every single game that we've played this oh, series. Yeah. Yeah. There have been so many opportunities right on the goal mouth that he has scrambled and somehow kept out of the net. How many last night did we see where he's on his stomach and on his just back? Just trying to just, find the puck. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to an extent, he's making acrobatic saves, and he's making really good timely saves. But look, when that puck gets elevated up towards that glove hand, just catch it. <laughs> just just grab it. I mean, it. easier said than done, but yeah. You know what no, I mean? It, it, it's a weakness that I think could be exploited. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think we got anything else, really. I think I think we should get into Tyler Bursick and get some... Get some other viewpoints here on these last couple games. Absolutely. Um, from someone who knows way more than us about hockey. Sounds good. Here is Tyler Bursick. On the issue now, Tyler Bursick, our NHL analyst uh, for the show. Penguins big game three. And two. And two. We're going to cover both, yeah. Right. It, was, it was huge. Two really big games. Dropping the first one at home and then uh, able to win the next two. That That's big. Yeah, it, it's... Huge for the series. You you hate to go down two to one, especially early and and on the road with another away game coming up. But uh, Tyler Bursick on the phone now. How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? How you guys been? Oh, pretty good. Uh, awesome games to watch. Always good when you got playoff hockey uh, in Pittsburgh. Town turns into a completely different place. It, it's electric. But uh, let's start with game two, right? They win two one. Jari looks really good. The defense looks good. You get the two first period goals. And then uh, only surrender one the rest of the way. Defense looks stellar. What do you think the defense did differently, though, um, to, to keep the Islanders out of the net a couple more times? 
Well, you know, I, I think it's kind of, to be honest, I think it's kind of what the Islanders did differently. If you look at, because like one of my big points um, before was like the hits. I mean, they had, they had 72 hits in the first game the Islanders did. And now this game too, they had 46. It was like, whoa, four check wasn't there, you know? So I think, um, you know, as for that, like the, our defense had more time, more time to move the puck. More time to have you know systematic breakouts, which definitely helps. Um, it helps in that in that category as to where it's not weighing on our defensemen as much. I think that um, that you know the forecheck was just non-existent. Yeah, uh, I mean, watching that game one, and then we talked to you uh, on the show. You talked about how the Penguins have to be more physical. Did you see some of that physicality in, uh, in this game two, and even into game three? Uh, I noticed a little bit more. I'd say urgency at the point of attack and once they got to the puck, but what do you think about the physicality? Well, yeah, and I, I think that's actually a, a great point because, of course, I mean, you all saw it. We all saw it when um, Tanev ran over Brock Nielsen like to start the game, just absolutely clocked him um, coming down for checking. So, um, yeah, I mean, and like that line, that line of Tanev, Zach Ashton Reese, and Teddy Bluger, they're not all, they're not, I don't think they're always together, but when they are, like, they are a solid 45, 43 to 45 seconds, like, in the offensive zone, literally just hard on the forecheck. They're winning almost every single puck battle, and it's just like, that's what we need. We need a hard forecheck, be physical, get in there, wear down the Islanders' young defense, you know, wear down on Dobson, Mayfield, um, Pellick, all these dudes, and make them make them force turnovers. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and uh, that, that's a, that's a line that you were talking about right there. That that's given a hundred percent every shift, and you you need those effort lines. Uh, not every line can be, you know, Crosby, Rust, and Gensel. So right. you need to have those effort lines. Uh, but in Game Three, that that's an instant classic right there. I thought um, the the that little brawl there, and. Uh, what came after that showed me a lot about both of these teams. So amid the chaos, you see the Penguins come out, score a goal not long after it. You see the Islanders kind of fold offensively. They get some shots. not They're not great chances. Um, I, I thought that spoke to Crosby's leadership. You could see him on the bench talking to the guys. You've been in a, in a hockey locker room. What does that leader do to motivate his guys in a, in a time like that and get them you know, calm down? yet also playing with a little bit of fire, that's not going to get you into the penalty box. And what's that chirping like from penalty box to penalty box? <laughs> oh, it's it's absolutely brutal. I mean, it's definitely more laid back in, like, a high school, like, in college setting because, I mean, you, you know, there's you're also still, like, a technically a kid. So, yeah, you know, you're getting reprimanded a little more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they they let stuff fly. I mean, you heard the sound bit of Tanev when he said uh, in game two, um, what he said to one of the defensemen after that brawl was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, um, yes, I mean, Sid, it just leads by example. I mean, it, it, it's even been said that he doesn't really he doesn't really talk that much. He's a quiet leader, but he leads by example. And obviously you saw it in game three. I mean, we saw that diving play. Brock Nielsen had a wide open cage, and Sid dives and was able to get stick on puck and to flex it up into the netting. Like that is the stuff that you want to see from your captain in a playoff situation. Yeah, it's championship caliber play. 
period. Absolutely. Um, so just how big is a game three, right? How strategic is it, you know, going up 2-1 as opposed to falling down uh, to 1-2 and two in the series? Obviously, it's going to give you a little bit of a spark, especially when, we're, when we have that home ice. So game four is away in New York, yeah. right? So how big is that game three win? Oh, it's huge. It just because, I mean, it's the first, you know, the fans are going to be rowdy. I mean, you heard them on the TV. The New York Islander fans are nuts. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely huge to get that that first win in their barn. So it's like, oh, man, now, like, the, the pressure is on in New York City. I'm sorry, on the island, um, because now it's like, oh, man, like, we cannot let them sweep us at home. And you're, I feel like I feel like game four, you're going to be seeing the Islanders take more chances take more risks um and that that wouldn't surprise me at all because um yeah i mean they're i mean at one point i think the islanders fans were literally booing them after they went down uh one or two goals <laughs> yeah. i think they literally started booing them so i think when it was three one they started booing them so yeah i mean ton of pressure yeah i think it kind of flips the script and if you lose that first game you got to come back for a game four those fans are extra crazy and you're on the road again looking to go down 3-1 potentially, then all the pressure's on you. Now we flip the script. All the pressure's on the Islanders. You get to come in with a, with a little bit of weight off your shoulders. I, I like what the Penguins did there. Um, so last question here, Tyler. Call me crazy, okay? I know a lot of people in Pittsburgh probably aren't going to like this, but our defense was not good with Geno back. We lit up one goal. And then Gino comes back four goals later. He's got a he's got a minus one, um, plus minus there while he's on the ice. Do I dare ensue that the Pens might be better off without him? Because in the regular season when he came back, we ended up losing seven to two in his first game back. Do you think that if the price is right this off season, that Gino could be moved? Um, that's a great question, and I I do see where a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins fans say that he's lazy. Um, you know, there's no, there. he doesn't forecheck. Uh, you know, he rarely backchecks, um, but he can score goals, and he can make things happen. Um, I just don't know that the price we are going, that the price for him is what the people want. I feel like no matter what, we trade Evgeny Malkin for everyone is going to be mad that we didn't get enough back for him. To be honest, I think we, I mean, we have firepower. If we can get a true stud defenseman and a couple first rounders, I mean, I don't, to, to be honest, I don't know how many first rounders we get because obviously he's injury prone. He's up in, he's up in age, um, but he's also an accomplished veteran who still can get it done. So, if we can get a stud defenseman, like I'm talking a stud, you know, top or, five in the and, league. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Top ten, top five. Um, if we can get a stud for Evgeny Malkin, I would have no problem with it. But that's just me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be tough to get face value for such a. He's a probably a top twenty player all time, at least offensively speaking. And the thing is, he has oh, so yeah, much experience. Definitely, definitely top ten Russian. Definitely yeah. top, maybe, maybe yeah. top five Russian, but definitely easily yeah. top ten Russian player in the league. And he has so much postseason experience too, which is so big, especially when you're trying to, you know, a team's trying to get a player to make a playoff push. Yeah. You, you get a veteran with experience, kind of like 
uh, when we brought back was Matt Collin, like a couple years Matt ago. Matt Collin, yeah. yeah. He was, what, like 40-something, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was good. But, uh, Tyler, I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to give you a call probably after uh, maybe either game four or game five and uh, check back in with you. And uh, I'll be texting you about this series, man. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raze Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raze Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo, how are we doing? Second segment, the issue, beautiful what, Friday now. Yeah, Bersic was just on. Great interview. Yeah, that was good. That was good. He, he just knows way more. He gives he gives a lot of different perspectives than we even think of. Right. The the one thing that really stood out to me was, you know, just how much pressure is going to be on the Islanders team now. Yeah. Right. And, and that's something I guess I kind of thought about, but I didn't. Not as much. I mean, you try to put yourself in that situation, right? You, the Penguins just walked into your arena. And beat you and in a very in a very Artie, emotional game. Yeah, after already winning again. Yep. In game two. Right. So now they're on a two game win streak. They just walked into our house and beat us. Now it's either stand up and stop them or go on the road down three one. If the Penguins lose that game, I do not feel good about the series. Think about losing that emotional of a game on the road, having to sleep in New York two more nights, and wake up. And play them again on their turf with that crowd for a second time, fresh off an emotional win. Yeah, I, I think the Pens lose that again. I think you go down three one at that point. Yeah, uh, it was a it was very important to get that win. Yeah, that's huge. Also, his perspective on Gino. I wasn't even thinking that you're probably not getting face value for Gino. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the, the the town would not be happy. Yeah, yeah, I. I think he brings up a good point. I'm not sure you can trade Gino. It was just, you know, kind of spitballing there. Right. I mean, it's something I've heard around the city now for probably two to three years of people at least discussing it. I don't think it's that off the wall. Um, But he's right. You don't get face value for him. And and that's tough for the the whole city and the locker room. It's hard to sell the locker room, trading Gino. And he is such a big face in Pittsburgh anyway, so. No, yeah, I agree. But but Burr's a great interview there. It was good to have someone... You know that knows more about this. Than oh we yeah, do. and he'll be back on uh, later down the stretch yeah. and through through Throughout all of the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, but um, so this last segment, we told you guys we have a bit of an NFL game. That's true. We have kind of a double edge game. The here. Top three young quarterbacks. Top three quarterbacks under the age of twenty five, not counting rookies. Okay. That we think give the team the best shot to win a Super Bowl. Going into this season, so the top three we have we agree on our top three. So how about we just go back and forth three to one, kind of given a brief little explanation, we'll and start, then start at three or start at one. Let, let's start at three. Let's go bottom up. Okay, actually, let's start at one because that's the no brainer. Okay, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, um, well, he's already won one. He's been to another. Um, and if it wasn't for Brady driving down the field in Arrowhead when he was with the with the Patriots that last year, then he's probably got another one. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 
He's so young, he does so many things right. What he's able to do at, at his age is unbelievable. Being able to walk into the league, being 25 years old, because we're doing under 25, being 25 years old right at the upper upper range of this, and being able to do what he's done, MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, what a resume. Yeah. What um, a resume. And, and it hasn't been long of a career at all. He's got a lot of time to go. I like Patrick Mahomes. Also, you look, he's got Andy Reid going forward. He's got really good weapons going forward. He's already taken. I know you might seem not like a team-friendly deal, but he's restructured it already. He just signed it. He's already restructured it mm-hmm. to make it more team-friendly. He's got a pretty. That's a pretty favorable contract for the Chiefs going forward. Right, and, and I think that speaks a lot to his character, him yeah. as a person. He's, he wants to come in and win this thing. Almost reminds me of a Brady-esque. Uh, mentality where look, okay, I'll take some pay cuts if I can win some more Lombardies. If you he, if you guys are going to spend money in free agency, yeah. if you guys are going to draft well, go out and get weapons to surround me and, and an offensive line to protect me, I will take a hometown discount all day to make sure we win Lombardies. See, that's what that's what Aaron Rodgers won't do. And I know that people are saying, well, you know, Green Bay should still go get him weapons and draft this and draft that. I agree, you should go draft them. That's you know, for lack of a better word, cheap labor. Yeah. NFL team can draft you as a rookie, don't pay you a lot. So you can go get him some rookie weapons, yes. But everyone's saying you, you, they should go spend money here and go get J.J. Watt there. It's like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the number one cap hit in the in the, in the league. Mm-hmm. Number one cap hit. Nobody else is more expensive than Aaron Rodgers when it comes to a player, period. So to say that you should go buy this and buy that, well, you're working with a budget, okay? Right. That won't be the case with Mahomes going forward. They'll be able to get him some weapons. Yeah, they won't be top line. You won't be able to pay top dollar. Be able to get him some good, solid B to B-plus weapons. You bank on the fact that you, since you're paying him a little bit more, he can carry those B to B-plus weapons to make them A-minus A weapons. Right. And make those throws. Yeah, so I think I think Mahomes is number one. I don't think that's hard to comprehend. That's a, number, that's a no-brainer. I agree with that. Coming in number two, we have Josh Allen yeah. of the Buffalo Bills. I think this... Selection also speaks volumes to that front office and that coaching staff. The The reason I have confidence in him at number two, the, the number two most likely quarterback under 25 to win a Super Bowl and who I would want going in this season to win a Super Bowl, is Josh Allen because they're building around him. They went out, they got Stephon Diggs. They reworked the offensive and defensive line. Um, they're going to get him some running backs. They're trying to build around him. They're going all in on him. Mm-hmm. Great coaching staff and Sean McDermott, Brian Dable. Uh, their their GM is fantastic, and he's a talented freaking nature, six six two something, with a rocket arm can move. Right, he's the best running back and the best quarterback on their team. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? I really, really like it when you can do the same thing with with your feet, and you can extend plays and and allow the play to develop. And if you have that offensive line like they do, to kind of hold that pressure back for a little bit, extend the play, get outside the pocket. He can make throws. And he can let it rip. Yeah, I'm talking like 65, 70 yards through the air on the money. And he throws an amazing deep ball, by the way. That thing goes up. It has hang time like Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's impressive. Like how Russell Wilson, analysts always say, it almost looks like he throws it straight up in the air, and it comes down 80 yards later, just right love, in the basket. I, I love his sky ball. It's awesome. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, okay, number three. Justin Herbert. I know this, this might, like I said, might be a little bit of a hot take, but like I said, 
with his contract and with his skill, he's in that, you know, could win a championship in his second-year category. We saw Mahomes do it. We saw Wentz in his second year make a run for it until he got hurt. You see these quarterbacks in their second year still on a rookie deal. I don't think it's crazy. He set the rookie pass record with the worst offensive line. And then they added more pieces. They added the best center in football and, in my opinion, the best overall offensive line prospect in the draft in Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Him and Alex He's got to be better. Well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah. I would say versatility-wise, but I think Panay Sewell is the best tackle prospect. But I think being able to move inside-outside, I think Slater, to me, I think that edges Sewell overall because he can move inside. He can move outside. He's more physical, I think. I think Sewell's got a higher ceiling, though. Yeah. But, man, I think Herbert's going to be really, really good. I think he's MVP candidate Dark Horse this year for sure. I think, um, you know, when you have a a young guy that's that electric and also has all the intangibles, right? You you don't – there's not really a question mark with him. This is kind of like a – this is like a Josh Allen type quarterback. I mean, they have a lot of the same attributes and they kind of have the same frame. Both big body guys, a lot of power, rocket arm, and they both can move. And that's the thing – that uh, that I like in both of these young quarterbacks. I'm not a big running quarterback fan. I don't like um, like a style like Lamar Jackson. I get it. It works for him. I don't like the style. You don't usually see run-first quarterbacks stay around the league too long. They get hit yeah. a lot. They get banged up. They get beat up. But I, feel I like love yeah. a nice combination of somebody who can throw the ball extremely well, but also not run first, but extend the play, and if need be, has the pull-away speed to escape and get a first down. Yeah, right? I agree. I love that style. That's what I see in both Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. I like that um, that prediction for a Dark Horse Super Bowl win. I do like it. No, I agree. He's also a 4.0 biology student. He, like he was at Oregon. He's a smart guy. Very smart. Very smart guy. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I think he's got good leadership qualities as well. I like Herbert. I, I think he's going to be really good. So the second part of this game now. Yeah. Out of the rookie draft class, what quarterback has the best chance to win, to win a Super Bowl? First. Like the, the first one to win a Super Bowl. Who has the best chance to win the first Super Bowl out of the class? Out of the rookies from this year. I will quarterback go first. Wise. I think you have to go with Trevor Lawrence. Why? You've never seen more of an electric quarterback in college. You've never seen somebody play like he has in college. He did it at Clemson. And look, people are going to point to the fact, oh, he played in the ACC. Well, most of the time he went and he beat Alabama. He beat them as a freshman in the national championship game Yeah. at Clemson, which keep in mind, when he was a freshman at Clemson, they weren't the best football team. They kept it. Keep in mind, okay. They lost to Pitt that year. Well, the year before. The no, year before. no, no, no. Pitt beat Trevor Lawrence. Did they really? His freshman year. Oh, no, 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 no. It was no. the year before. Yeah, it was the year before because he's never lost a regular season yeah. game. Yeah. No, but it was the year before. You're right. They were a little bit on a downslope with Kelly Bryant. They kind of hit a rut. Yeah. So they had like Deshaun Watson. Everything was really good. They were coming into their own. And then Kelly Bryant, was he was an okay quarterback, but they kind of hit a rut. And then Trevor Lawrence got that program right back to, to being great. I think also... Trevor Lawrence partnered with Travis Etienne, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer brought in Tim Tebow. They're going to have a good message in there. 
I don't love Tebow, obviously. I don't. I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't even think he's gonna even see the field as a starter. No, but we talked about him. We more talked about leadership. He's guy. a leadership guy. He's probably making league minimum anyway. Yeah. Um. So you. So you say Trevor. Lawrence. So I say Trevor Lawrence has the best opportunity out of the rookie cl- uh, draft class to win a Super Bowl first. So, do you agree with that? Or no, not even close. I don't like to take even a little bit. I'm gonna totally roast you right now. Okay. I mean, you saw. <laughs> little debate here. Let's go. <laughs> It's more about where you land than how good you are. Okay. Tom Brady wasn't even close to the most talented quarterback in that draft class. No. You could sit back here and say, like, well, now he is. Well, yeah, obviously. Most other people in the draft class are at home having a beer on the couch. But if we would have been doing this podcast when Tom Brady came in for his rookie season, he would not be on our top five. No. No. But it's more about where you land. He gets Bill Belichick. He gets, you know, Drew Bledsoe in front of him. Well, so you look around. Who gets a who gets a veteran quarterback in front of him, a really clever coach, and a, and a good team, like a good playoff caliber roster around him? Trey Lance from North Dakota State going number three to the San Francisco 49ers. He's going to be the first one to win a Super Bowl. I'll tell you why right now. I think Lawrence might have the better career overall. You might be right. But let's look at some intangibles. Because physically speaking, I don't think the quarterbacks are all that different. I think Lawrence has a bigger arm and a more accurate arm. But it's not by a lot. I think Lance can still boom the ball. He puts some major zip on some passes. I think he also has really good, if not better, touch than Lawrence. I think some things that uh, Lawrence, some of his inconsistencies I was mentioning, mentioning to you earlier, was that last episode or the episode before? He gets a little bit sloppy with the footwork. Gets a little long with the footwork. Tends to overthrow a little bit. I think Lance is a little bit more consistent with the touch passes. Yeah. I think he's a better runner. With Kyle Shanahan, I know I know Lawrence has Urban Meyer, but Urban Meyer hasn't done it on the NFL level yet. Shanahan's been to a couple Super Bowls. Granted, lost them both, but he's been there. It's hard for me to sit here and say, you're looking at a team with Nick Bosa, and and that stellar defense, good offensive weapons, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, great backfield, great offensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo in front to mentor you for 10, 12 games. Trevor Lawrence is walking in day one. He has to be the guy. He's got so many expectations. Trey Lance, he's got no expectations. Lawrence has to be the guy. He's got to walk in there, win day one, with a new coach who's never done it on that level. With a not as good defense, not not good at all actually. Defense is actually very very bad. No one wants to talk about that, but it's not a good defense. Offensive line's not great. Weapons are okay. Yeah, I think he's going to be a success, but I don't think he's as successful as Trey Lance early on. I think Lance in a year here, you could be looking up and he's holding the Lombardi Trophy. Trey Lance, locking it in, first guy out of the rookie class to win a Super Bowl. I don't hate that. I don't hate that prediction at all. The only thing I would say is that I don't think the expectation on Trevor Lawrence is to come in and win day one. I think that people know that this city and this franchise has been so bad for so long. Not win day one. I would say, yes, he has more pressure and more expectations on him than Trey Lance, for sure, no doubt. If 
You just don't think they're that outrageous. If Trevor Lawrence has a losing season his first year, I don't think it's the end of the world. No, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. But I do like your prediction, Trey Lance, as the first to to win a Super Bowl. I think that might be one of the first times I've heard that. Yeah, I also don't think it's crazy, though. I, I haven't heard a lot of publicity from it, but I think if you tell most people that follow sports, well, they'll be like, okay, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, playoff roster, gets to sit and learn behind a veteran. Good defense. I, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's, like, crazy to say. I mean... But it, it's just something that I haven't heard a lot of traction with. And you do look at, you know, young quarterbacks that that win Super Bowls. What's the commonality between them all? They all have a really, really, really good defense when they get there. Look, I'm not comparing Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was not nearly as good of a prospect as Trevor Lawrence. But he went to the dysfunctional Jets. Mm-hmm. Look where he's at. Josh Allen was a much more, you know, project, to quote unquote, like he people viewed him as a project coming out in the same draft class as uh, as Sam Darnold. Now he's an MVP candidate and in our top three to win the Super Bowl. Well, people viewed Patrick Mahomes as a project too, coming out of Texas exactly. Tech. Who's more ready to quote unquote win now, Trevor Lawrence? Like people saying yes. he's not as much of a project. He's a he's a walk in and be really good now. Uh-huh. Well, so is Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. And so Josh is Mark Sanchez not, too. We forget that, about that. Jo- well, that wasn't in, obviously in the same class. But well, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, Josh Rosen, not even in the league, or if he is, he's like a practice squad player. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold is already on a second team now. We don't even know if that's going to work. He's been abysmal to start the first, but three or four seasons of his career. I like Sam. I think he's going to be really, really good in Carolina when he gets that second chance with a better coach, better weapons. I think he's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said for these project guys. I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah. Um, I-, I like the predictions, man. I-, I feel like I feel like we had a lot of good takes this episode. Yeah, yeah. It felt good to do a rant again. I think we're going to bring that back. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Kind okay, of get back to that and get back to the basics here as we approach the one year, one year of the podcast. Coming one year, up. Annie. All yeah, right. Yeah, it's coming up like July something, like early July. What the check. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like two months away. Like we've been doing this for 10 months now. Um, we will have a lot of really good NFL coverage coming up closer to the season too. Yeah. Uh, but we have been posting more on Instagram, Twitter. Go check it out. Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast. Okay. The underscore is the little thing you do the dash with. Okay. Go yeah, over, so you get hit, hit like uppercase. Shift, dash. Yeah. Like yeah. shift dash. You get the, you get the underscore. Yeah. So you, the underscore issue podcast on Instagram, Twitter, no underscores. Nobody took our name on Twitter. We just at the issue podcast. Yep. And then, uh, you can find our link tree. If you don't have Spotify or Apple Podcasts that you're listening on, well, you know you can find all the other platforms on our Anchor website. Yeah, go to Anchor. It's labeled website FM. in our link tree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can go over there, check it out. But, uh, you know, follow us, subscribe, turn on your post notifications. And, uh, guys, thank you for listening to the issue. It's going to be about a week or so till we're back. Yep. Tim's going on a little vacation here. A little, uh, it'll be good, you know, recharge after. After a tough semester, tough year, but... Also a stressful playoff. I'm saying. Tony, it takes years off your life. Watch the Guinos in the playoffs. <laughs> it does. Um, but guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. That was The Issue.